Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, Married at First Sight takes a new twist with a police investigation and a contestant complaining they're more unpopular than Vladimir Putin. The paparazzi photographer hits back at Lisa Wilkinson and, oh yes, we will be talking about that Oscar slap. Welcome to the podcast where people in the TV industry get their news. This is TV Black Box, the podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello and welcome to a brand new week of TV Black Box. I'll introduce the panel in just a moment, but first, it was during this week in television history that saw the final episode of The Carol Burnett Show go to air. The CBS program ran for 279 episodes and won 25 Emmys. Let's meet the team. Joining us in the house tonight is Mulk, Sarah... Aaron, Philip, and David Robbo Robinson. Hello, Robbo. How are you? Oh, I'm so well and so great to be here. And I'm glad that we're not in the same studio because I would slap the shit out of you. Just well, apparently it's all right. <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment. But so many def- people defending uh, Will Smith. You've got a free pass. Mm. All right, let's talk about that because it was the slap seen around the world that shocked the world. The Academy Awards have been longing for years for big moments to put it back in the headlines, and they got their wish yesterday. Chris Rock was about to present an award, but not before making a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith's lack of hair, which is due to her living with alopecia. Will Smith didn't take too kindly to it and proceeded to slap and scream at Rock that he should keep his wife's name out of his mouth. I'm sure we've all heard it. Smith went on to win Best Actor and has since issued an apology to Rock via Instagram. Well, Robbo, this was a performer, a comedian on stage, and he was physically abused. This was completely and utterly inappropriate and disgusting. This is entitlement uh, on the grand stage of the world and it was just absolutely pitiful that he did this. You don't walk up onto a stage, you don't slap a comedian, you don't slap anyone in public like that. Yes, you don't need to like the joke and that's a completely separate matter. But the point is we, we had Will Smith go up on stage and slap someone for a joke. It was absolutely ridiculous. If you can't control yourself with this kind of violent outburst, then you shouldn't be in the public eye. Uh, You know, you shouldn't go out in public full stop. Have some self-control. This was ridiculous, and it makes him look like an absolute and utter idiot. Hey, at least he didn't punch Rebel Wilson. (laughs) Well. That was a way worse joke. Here we go. This is interesting, Sarah, because obviously in the states where you are, they didn't see the uncensored version because for 30 seconds ABC muted it, paused the screen, didn't uh, let 
go to air what was actually happening here in Australia. We got the full uncensored thing, which is now being shared around the world. At first, like, because I had seen the TV black box article and then I watched the Australian version of it and I showed it to my husband and he's like, that just looks staged. And I'm like, it does until he starts screaming profanities, yeah. which the US people miss. Yeah. But I mean, those two have history because he'd made fun of Jada years ago about her when she boycotted the Oscars because of uh, Oscar so? White. I don't know, but I mean, so obviously there's more to it and they have a whole thing and maybe they like to punch each other up in real life outside of the Oscars. He should have been escorted out after that. Yes. He should have been absolutely yeah. taken out of the out of the building. He should not have been allowed to stay for the rest of the ceremony. Point blank. There is no excuse for it. And also to see other people coming up to console him is also unacceptable and gross. Get out. You can't just do that. You can't be violent with someone and then stay in the show, stay in the front row. You just can't. Well, they could never ask Ricky Gervais back. Because, like, he would just be getting slapped <laughs> yeah. around right in centre. No, you know what will happen next year? And I put this on Twitter. Chris Rock will come out flanked by six big burly bodyguards. He'll look Will Smith right in the eye and say, I ain't taking no chances this year. In that accent. That's a good gag. <laughs> uh, they can pay me. Uh, Aaron, it's been interesting, the reaction. We, we mentioned Will Smith has come out and apologised. But what got me was people turning this into a race issue. You know, a black man has to protect his woman. A man has to protect the black woman because black women mainly have alopecia. And I'm hearing reports that Chris Rock possibly didn't even know she had this affliction and thought she was just making a uh, a statement with the hair. And, he, that you know, he did reply, wow, it was a G.I. Jane joke. Um it did surprise me that people like Brooke Bur- Boney from the Today Show turned this into a race issue. Yeah, I saw that, about two black men fighting in front of a nearly an all-white stage. You a, know. a joke to a mostly white audience. What has that yeah. got to do with anything? Who knows? I, I guess the thing for me was, and I just want to say, like, obviously I don't condone any violence, but that was a spectacular moment of TV. I know that no one really wants to say that, but... What a moment! You just you're watching. Chris Rock said it. Yeah, you're watching this. Uh, you know, Oscars and just expecting you know speeches and the usual stuff, and that came out. That was absolutely spectacular. Now, I never condone violence at all, but 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 when you hear of some certain people getting a, a decent slap, I'm just saying I'm you know I may not get as emotional <laughs> about it, but I think. <laughs> You know, I think Chris Rock sometimes is a... I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think half the TV industry is saying invite McKnight to the Logies so we can all have a slap. <laughs> can, can I just say, though, I'm on the fence, though, about what the me- what the message has... You know, the message that will come from all of this. You know, is it as much as respecting people by not physically assaulting someone should also be respecting someone means thinking about what comes out of your mouth because then that's sort of a, an emotional attack on someone. Is that just just as bad? No rules in comedy, mate. But then also the, the whole thing about, again, about censoring comedy. Should we be censoring Chris Rock's kind of, you know, censoring speech and all that kind of stuff? So I don't know what actually is going to come out of this. What will ultimately try on res, you're respecting people for violence, respecting people for what comes out of your mouth, or about censoring comedy uh, as a whole? I don't know. What I will say is great that Will Smith apologised. That was a start. We apologised after he danced the night away and didn't feel concerned about oh, it at all, yeah. let's be honest. <laughs> yes. And what I find really interesting about this is 
that somehow Hollywood has made Will Smith into a victim. He's not the victim. He, oh. he physically assaulted someone in front of millions, yeah. if not billions of people. Well, I suppose the Academy Awards would like to think it was billions, but let's say billions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, find, I think that says something about the Hollywood culture that, you know, he's the big star, so they're going to try and save him no matter what. The guy beat someone up on stage, you know. It doesn't matter whether it was a slap or a hit. It was it it was appalling physical violence. I don't I don't care what the joke was. There was no excuse for it, in my opinion. Yeah, as we all know, Lisa Wilkinson was in the headlines for being in the headlines. I'm sure you'll recall she took great offence at being photographed while sitting in a restaurant drinking margaritas. The photos were published in the Daily Mail and she later came out to describe the photographer as a creepy old man who she noticed out on the street. Well, that so-called creepy old man, by Lisa's words, not mine, don't sue us, has hit back. Penning an open letter to the project host, Steve, the photographer, has asked for an apology while also giving his side of the story. In a lengthy note, Steve disputes Lisa's version of events, saying he didn't repeatedly walk past and stare at her and also questioned why she didn't move or ask for help if she did indeed feel threatened. He also pointed out she had been on the other side of the dynamic, having been an editor of magazines that dealt with these sort of photographs. Mulk. Lisa Wilkinson's fair, fair game for the Paps, isn't she? Oh, we all are, aren't we? Isn't that the very nature of what paparazzi photography is about? Mm. Um, I, 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 oh. I'm torn. I'm torn by this this story, Rob, because I think that even famous people deserve their privacy. However, she was sitting in the front window of the cafe, so yeah. fully fully on view. So for paparazzo or for me to walk past with my phone and take a picture, I mean, I'm as creepy as the next guy. Um, <laughs> the the tit-for-tat um, conversation or articles, you know, from now Elisa and then now this guy, I don't, I don't think it serves anybody anything unless there is some greater, you know, kind of reckoning that is to come or, or happens around either his, now his comments or her comments, because that's all it is. Okay, let, let's take him at face value. What he's saying is essentially Lisa has played a card to paint him in a certain way. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a big feminist movement on at the moment, quite rightly <laughs> to say that women should feel safe. I don't say moment. that as a negative. I'm saying that women are having a louder voice. There is a whole discussion about everything going on in terms of male-female dynamics. So the very nature of using the term creepy old man and feeling stalked is very, very um, uh, inflammatory at a time It's emotive like language. Yeah. It's emotive language, and there's no question that Lisa, an experienced broadcaster and journalist, knew what she was doing when she wrote it. Now, um, of course, it- the question becomes, Mulk, did she actually see him or has she rewritten the narrative once the photos came out? Who can know but Lisa and the photographer? Well, she hasn't come out, as far as I'm aware, and responded to his note. Sure, and and, and I, I could almost guarantee that within uh, Fitzsimon Central, it would be deemed that she doesn't need to because that's lowering herself into a, a, a grubby street fight that she doesn't need to be a part of. Because what she wrote wasn't an article; it was a comment on Instagram, wasn't it? Yeah, but so it wasn't like it was published in a 
this the you know the distinction it wasn't written for a, 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 a like for a byline it was written just as a comment on her Instagram in Anything relation Lisa to the article puts on that Instagram happened. Instagram is going to be turned into an article. Sure, but she didn't write it for some, someone other than herself. Well, I don't think you can mm. say that if a celebrity writes something yeah. on Instagram. They, they write it for, for public appetite, you know? They really do. And, and I acknowledge that, Philip. I, I guess I'm trying to make the distinction that Lisa wasn't paid to write that. It wasn't to sell you know, papers or clicks or anything like that. It was absolutely Lisa defending herself, herself in in light of the 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 article that had the photos in it. What's interesting is if this photographer and her have got history as far as and, and not even negative history. She he was the one who took the photos when she was at the car after she'd left today. So presumably, if she had seen him stalking, she would have known exactly what he was doing because she's seen him and he's been around her before. Philip. In the world of tabloid magazines, you are one of the dark masters uh, at the dark (laughs) arts. Uh, You've worked with a lot of paps. Uh, What do you make of it all? Oh, look, I have. I've had to work closely. Well, I shouldn't say I have to. I've chosen or I did work closely with paps for, you know, the last 20 years. And, you know, I've been on both sides of the fence. I've had to defend our exclusives from paps and I've also employed them to spoil other people's exclusives and i've put the i've put them on the hunt for celebrities so i've i've played all sides of the fences i know the particular paparazzi involved in this he's quite legendary for lurking in the shadows so i i I just don't believe that he would have walked past 20 times or whatever she said because it just doesn't make any sense the best pap shots are always the ones that the celebrities don't know have been taken. You know, it's a, mm. capturing them in a moment unaware, and that's when you get mm. a genuine expression or some emotion or something that will, you know, sell magazines and excite their fans because they're seeing a side of the celebrity they're not used to seeing. Uh, I don't have a lot of sympathy for celebrities um, with the paps. I, I do think, I do think it's a it's a nasty business and it's. It must be awfully difficult to manage if you're a celebrity, but don't be a celebrity unless you want to take what comes with being a celebrity. And these days, everyone's a potential pap. Everyone has a a, a camera phone. You know what I mean? Like there are no secrets yeah. anymore. Like everyone, everything is found out. Everything is virtually photographed. And you know, there's there's multiple examples of that. Uh, you know, he referenced the fact that he upset Tracy Grimshaw with some photographs of her mowing her lawn. You know, if you believe the folklore around that picture, he dressed in camouflage gear and hid in bushland near a house for three days and three nights to get those photographs. Now, that that <laughs> is quite disturbing, but... I actually am impressed <laughs> well, by that. I, That's yeah, I don't know how true yeah. it is, yeah. but that was certainly the folklore surrounding those um, images of Drinking his own urine, right? Who would know? Who would know? You know, but I've seen paps go to great lengths to get things, and you know, I've had to, I've had to be the one to try and prevent them getting pictures, and it's very difficult to do because they're pretty good at their job. But also, the industry's changed a lot. You know, there was there was a time when a great set of pap shots would would get you fifty thousand dollars, if not a hundred thousand dollars. That sort of money's yeah. not on the table anymore. So. You know, I don't know whether it makes them more desperate or more determined. I, I don't really know. But it, it's, it. you know, the market's dropped out of that, that whole paparazzi market because magazines don't have the budget to pay those sort of prices. One final question, Sarah. The paparazzi who penned this letter, 
didn't put his last name. And I've noticed a lot of Lisa's defenders say, well, that's that invalidates his whole argument. If he can't put his last name to it, then he's lost the argument. Do you agree with that? It's no, because he's not a celebrity and he probably doesn't want people looking him up and stalking him at his house, which... (laughs) And these are same reporters who literally do interviews with people who don't want to show their face. You know, I don't know. Well, the current season of Maths might almost be over, but the drama is just beginning. New South Wales Police have confirmed they're investigating two incidents from the show. The infamous glass smash by Dominica and the distribution of a nude photo of Dominica. Here she is talking about that photo. I heard her say that her friend sourced this image because they wanted to do some dirty work or get some dirt on me after everything that happened. Now, does that not sound like intent? Because I don't think she's hearing what she's saying. There's no one that can sit and watch that and not think it wasn't done with intent. That is not adult behaviour. It is not behaviour that I think in modern day society we should be perpetuating. I think it's disgusting. It's disgraceful. I've got to say, Aaron, I have found this whole nude photo thing disturbing on so many levels. I actually don't care what Domenica did in an OnlyFans account or whatever it was. Um, but there was a nastiness to the way this was shown. Yeah, for sure. Um, look, if there's a line of a criminal inquiry that needs to be made, then then so, so be it as well. I'm going to say something that I guess... Uh, will be against probably everyone uh, everyone else here because they probably watch the show. But I'll say that this is rock-bottom trash television. And people, like, wonder why we get someone hitting someone else at the Oscars or behaving in that kind of way or the kind of behaviour that we see in ah, Parliament. so Maths is to blame for Will Smith and <laughs> no, no, wow. Chris Rock. No, no, but what I'm saying, <laughs> we see that behaviour in Parliament, we see the way other people treat people out in the streets or whatever sometimes like this. It's because they're filling their head with this kind of nonsense. I mean, Australians love this so much that, oh, it's, the num- it. that it's the number one program on TV. Yeah. This is what's filling our heads. And then you wonder why people watching that and people that are acting like that then go on, go ahead and then act like that in other ways. Because well, you're actually- subscribing to the theory that violent films create violent people. Maybe that's Will Smith's problem. Maybe he's been in too many violent films and he's uh, he just doesn't know the difference between pretending to be a character in real life. I think I think chasing someone down the street with a with, with a rifle and chasing a dinosaur or something like in a movie is one thing, but I mean this kind of behaviour is supposed to be reality te- reality television. This is what people think actually happens, and like Love Island, all the, all of those kind of shows. I just that's just my opinion. I just think you wonder why people behave in the way they behave when everyone's just lapping it up. They're just lapping yeah, it up. Yeah, I've got to say, uh, I'm not on your page there, uh, Mulk. This is just great TV, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but but the serious so side is here that it will depend about the interpretation of carriage laws and whether that photo is deemed to be private because it was sharing of a private nude photo. Um, there, there's... <sighs> Look, on one hand, it's Married at First Sight, right? It's entertainment television. Um, I am intrigued to know how Will Smith is watching Married at First Sight, perhaps the same kind of <laughs> Facebook Live thing There's that Sarah version. and Aaron are doing, maybe Aaron shared for Will to see or so. I don't understand. Um, I, 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 the difficulty is I am no lawyer, and it does sound like 
the sharing of that nude photo does breach the new revenge porn laws. So that becomes an issue straight away. Those revenge porn porn laws are different in most states of Australia because, unfortunately, I've had to deal with those laws several times in a different life at at Women's Day. Um, So they change... Does that include the new ones, though, that have come through with the Office of the E-Safety Commissioner, Philip? Uh, That I can't speak to, but... Each state has its own own laws, and they differ quite differently. From my understanding, Victoria has the harshest one, so that's usually Mm. the issue if something's broadcast or published in Victoria. This would be New South Wales, presumably. Yeah, welcome to Kosh and Malk Law Hour. (laughs) (laughs) They broke, like, the the copyright law because the thing with that I was looking up, it was with the OnlyFans, is it says that you can download photos for personal use, but you can't disseminate them because you've only paid for a copy for yourself. And you can keep a copy on your computer for personal use, but you're not allowed to share it or disseminate it. That was disseminate, so you said, law. wasn't it? Disseminate. Right, cool. It's not inseminate, yes. So this is the question, though. They found it on the internet, so they haven't taken it privately. So I think this is where it's going to get very interesting and where it goes. This was revenge. Let's make no bones about that. This was all about revenge. The cold light of day in this, Rob, is absolutely the, let's call it the highlight of this season of Married at First Sight, has been the Domenica versus Olivia battle. Yeah. And and it was, it's been brutal for both of them. And um, this sharing of the photo of Domenica, they, I think they thought they'd gazumped her and they'd managed to out her in a way that she, you know, her, her husband didn't know about. And he seemed quite okay with it. They'd obviously talked about it, breaking news, so it wasn't the big concern that they had. The breaking of the glass, look, in the same way, was a concern. Um, And to her credit, and this I think is the difference in the interchange, Domenica owned her incident and apologised for it and sought to try and make good with everybody in the situation. Uh, And Olivia has no interest in wanting to try and apologise mm. for sharing that photo. And the consequences are, in the court of public opinion, when you play in reality television, someone's going to be the bad guy and Olivia's the bad guy. Oh, yes, she is. And that being the bad guy has spilled over to real life for her because she has told Husey, Ed and Aaron that she has lost her job over the uh, over the series. Can I just ask very quickly, Olivia, you're a teaching student, so you want to teach. Are you worried that the way you've been portrayed, and even, and I guess you've got to own elements of it, some of your own behaviour, might impact your ability to get a job in that field? Um, Yeah, look, I've I've already lost my job as a direct result of this show. Terrible. Um, Terrible. Terrible that she should be held accountable for the things that she did. Terrible. She described herself as a shell of a person due to the intense public backlash and spoke of her fear to go in public after being harassed and said she feels more hated than Vladimir Putin. Oh, my God. Unfortunately, Robbo, I have no empathy for her. Oh, my God. No, not at all. Uh, Right till the end, she's being very dramatic by putting that comparison to uh, Vladimir Putin. Uh, Look, the thing is, it's married at first sight. This is not the first series. This is not a brand new show. This show has been on for years, and you know exactly what you're getting into for that particular show. We also know what happens in reality TV. There is editing. Now, you can no longer have the argument of, uh, yeah, that's right. what? I don't think you can make someone look like a psychopath the way she has come across. I understand that she's completely computer generated, and that is why she'll be able to. (laughs) Philip's about to have just an explosion of his (laughs) 
like an aneurysm. This woman deserves everything she she gets. She did it. This woman cannot be kicked to the curb hard enough. She needs to be lose everything so that she can pick herself up and maybe, just maybe, have an ounce of human decency. But I don't think it's Do coming. And I think two weeks ago, Rob hadn't seen an episode of this season of Married at First Sight. Oh, I'm in, I'm in it, baby. I'm in it, world. I'm, a, I'm in it up to my neck. Oh, look, the entire show is a crime against humanity. It's produced, faked. Well, consider me starred, guilty. Starred in by actors. You know, if, you know the, viewers, the, the contestants are manipulated, the viewers are manipulated. Just switch it off and watch something decent, I say. Oh, Absolutely. no, I love it. Brought to you by and every programmer except the one at nine. <laughs> I love it. And watching this woman fall and, and lie and just lie and, and lose it and lose it because Dominica... I, look, I am going to out myself. I'm team Dominica. Like, obviously. No, are you wrong? I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> look, Ed, I can't assuage any fears. Uh, the upcoming... Mm. The upcoming reunion on Sunday, Monday night for Merit at First Sight, the season finale in two parts, is absolutely going to be a ball terror. Like, it's just going to be out. Everybody is back, including the couples that have hooked up. There is, uh, look, no spoilers, a revelation that another wife contacted another husband to hook up before final decisions. <laughs> so it's all about to explode. Apparently, they sent a copy of the preview to Will Smith, and even he said, Jesus, that went too far. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the big streamers could decimate the local screen production industry in two years if something isn't done now. That's the dire prediction from the head of Hoodlum Entertainment, who cites, among other issues, the government failing to properly legislate quotas for the networks and the streamers. The federal government has promised a system that would require the streamers to report to the ACMA their spending and promotion of local content on their sites. If they fail to invest 5% of their Australian revenue, the streamers would then be forced to by a formal agreement. Producers say regulation is vital to keeping the local industry alive. Sarah, of course the streamers should have to abide by local content quotas, shouldn't they? Um, maybe. I mean, like when I look, when I open Netflix over here, and I know it's not stuff that's produced by Netflix, but there is a ton of Australian content. Yeah, we've got is 60 on. years of backlog, back catalogue. Right. So, I mean... If you force people to make something, they're just going to make it. They're not going to necessarily make something good. Whereas if they choose ah, to make there's something... there's the argument they use, Sarah. Self-regulation is the way to go. We'll take care of it because it won't be as good unless we're putting money into things we really believe in. Gosh, what listen to Uncle Rob go over the top. People won't do anything until they're given the nudge and made to do it. People like are lazy. Well, they're already cheating about it anyway because they're saying that they've, they've invested these millions of dollars, but some of it is actually just products or productions that have been made here but have got nothing to do with Australia. And that, to me, is, is cheating a little bit. There should be two different numbers. Just because you're filming something here doesn't mean that you're telling Australian stories and things like that. I think there needs to be a distinction. Mm. Mm. Although you are... Providing jobs. See, yeah. that one I'm a little bit more grey on, Robbo, yeah. because you are at least providing jobs. That's why I want them to be two separate here. numbers. But let's be honest, they're also getting tax incentives. They're getting funding from Screen Australia. So, you know, they're not doing it out of the kindness of their hearts. Yeah, true, true. 
Well, like Pieces of Her, that was filmed in Australia but and half in the US, but it's not an Australian story. So does that mm. count as local production or not? That's why I think there should be two numbers. There should be, it should be numbers that you're actually investing into Australian stories um, with Australian actors, Australian crew, and then you can have your other number where it's saying, well, Robbo, we've also brought these productions out. Robbo, Robbo, Robbo. Yes. Television people are simple people. They just want rules that are easy to follow, and you're making it far too complex already. Sorry, everyone. I mean, Australia does like rules. It's very, very nanny state. I, I think if you and hello from America, Sarah. <laughs> I, I think if you're going to got more freedom. All right, I think if you're going to compete on an international stage with streamers, then I'm I'm not sure about the telling of Australian stories. I think the industry mm. can be supported by yes, having a quota of Australian-made products. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, make it drama and encourage them mm. in some other way to tell Australian stories. But, you know, I don't watch a lot of Australian stories on, on the streaming networks now. So, I, I don't know, just as a viewer, I don't know if I care. I get that it's a worthy thing, but I'm just not sure realistically whether I'd put my money down to just purely watch Australian content. There's also not a lot of Australian stories on streaming services, Phil. There's a growing number, sure, mm. but there's not heaps. But, but, but by Australian story, do you mean you're telling stories about Australians or just it's Australian content? Because, like, Glitch, which is on Netflix, was good, but and it had, like, a lot of history. And then there's Wild Boys because we watched that this but week. But they're both about- Australian stories made by Australians in Australia telling authentically Australian tales, be they fantasy or history. Well, because, like, Tidelands is not real. But, sure, fancy. You know, yeah. But is that I don't actually Australia? care if they tell Australian stories as long as they're shooting here and putting money into making it here because then at least people are getting jobs. To the ratings race now and beginning with nine where it's the same old story with Married at First Sight miles ahead of its competition and the final dinner party and vows taking place. Maths guarantees first place for nine each night it's on but Thursday through Saturday it's a very different story when seven takes the lead. It was AFL on seven versus NRL on nine on Thursday that saw seven in front, a position they held with more AFL on Friday and Saturday. Dancing with the Stars, All Stars, is hanging in there and even picked up a bit from last week on Sunday to reach 501,000 viewers. Over to 10 now, where the home stretch of Survivor is not delivering what it should be. It's sitting consistently third in its time slot, around the mid 400,000s. Gogglebox, though, is doing great business, but it was down slightly on last week, but it still had a respectable 434,000 in its 8.30 time slot. At the ABC, 7.30 is pretty consistent in the mid to late 400,000s and had a huge Monday night at 595,000. Q&A also lifted slightly on Thursday with David Spears hosting, bringing in 221,000 viewers. Aaron, you've been doing some calculations. You've got a bit of an update where we are at this point in the rating cycle just before the Easter hiatus. Yeah, it was interesting because we weren't sure whether Seven was going to improve on last year because they had a bad start to the year. But of course, they had the Winter Olympics this year. So overall, were they going to improve? So at this point, um, the Seven Network is winning, actually, uh, so far, survey year to date. Now, that's Five City Metro, and it's not the commercial shares. It's the whole thing, the ABC, SBS included. So... (laughs) 
Uh, survey year to date, 40.1 for 7, 9, 38.7 and 10, 21.1. Um, 7 is up 3.6 points and up in every demo. 9 is down 0.9 and down in every demo except one of the older demographics, uh, 55 to 64, and 10 is down 2.8 points and down in nearly every demo. Even in primary, 7 is up 3.6, 9 is down slightly, almost flat, and 10 is down one share point. So, yeah, the Olympics obviously did help. And obviously at this point last year, 7 were way behind and had to catch up all year. This year, they can start uh, quarter two actually in front or at least uh, uh, level with 9. Yeah, I, I do think seven will take all people. The race to watch is going to be 25 to 54. Um, I would be interested in knowing uh, if we included all the networks, the race between 10 and the ABC is, would 10 still be in front, do we think? or Because no. there's been a lot of nights. No chance. So ABC is beating 10 at the moment, is it? Consistently. Not, not every night. Um, however, there's probably two to three to four nights a week when the ABC slides in front of Channel 10. And unfortunately for 10, it's on nights when it's got reasonable stuff going on. The goggle box has helped lift it um, in, in the last few weeks since its return. But prior to it, it was getting thumped Thursday nights, Wednesday nights um, by the ABC. And that's that's a real challenge. I'd also, I, I mean, I also acknowledge that when we talk about numbers, depending on how you slice and dice the figures, you can prove anybody does anything and everybody wins. Um, you know, the, the difficulty around... Um, talking about calendar year-to-date, survey year-to-date, are we talking about weeks one? Are we talking about cumulative on days? Are we talking about um, if we're only doing the commercial channels, why are we not including the ABC and SBS? That changes the numbers significantly again. Um, you know, when we talk about who's winning and those sorts of things, almost we need to standardise a metric and not listen to the PR guff that comes out of the networks because otherwise we're just going to repeat what they're telling us and it's it's obviously going to prioritise them. All right, I've got the gavel out. What do we want to be the standard metric? Is it all networks, the the, the ABC and SBS included, or is it just commercial shares because they're the ones selling the commercial revenue? And this is where the argument gets dicey. Yep. With, without dwelling on it, Rob, I'd have to say that you have to take in into account Five City Metro, the five primary channels, because that's in part the tradition of what has been considered. Yep. Um, and then you'd have, you have you can throw in the network, but then at what point when you say the network do we take in national? National isn't a fair number because no network has a full national I don't coverage. agree with national. So we have to stick in five-city metro then, not including regional mm-hmm. TAM, which changes the game again. So yep. we're really talking then about not just commercial shares, but we're talking about the five primary shares and the five network shares, and that's a different game again. Mm. One last observation. Because that's I'll make. the raw Oztem number, just BT dubs. Those two figures are the raw Oztem numbers that we publish every day. Yeah, it just it just depends what figures you're trying to get out. If you're going from a business point of view, then you're using the figures, the commercial figures. You you know you're using demographics and things like that. If you if we're wondering what Australians are watching, then you would use national figures because. There are people in in you know in the country that are watching TV, and we're excluding them. So if we're just looking, oh geez, what's everyone watching last night, and what are we watching the last week? Then we would use national and, figures. And I hear what you're if saying, Aaron. The challenge is quite os- quite quite honestly that if we're going to go national, we need to talk about a platform that compares apples to apples, and not five regional areas to two regional areas to seventeen regional areas. That's not a comparison. 
Um, if we're going to do five city metro, then we at least know that those five capital cities are captured by Oztam. It's delivered to us in a way that is robust and the industry trusts. They also then deliver us um, uh, the demos that we can report on, you know, the, the three core demos that we look at. And, and then the additional play into that is when we take this into account, you can't exclude the ABC and SBS because just if we did, as we've just talked about, 10 are coming third and Mate, it's just not true. Mm. And and speaking of 10, it's weird. I haven't looked at the Studio 10 figures for I don't know how long. I took a look today and it was 25,000. I don't know if that's what it's getting all the time or whether that was an, a, an, a, a low number, but that's not great. It's, well, it's diabolical everywhere, mate. As Aaron could attest to, I'm sure, even primetime numbers are down. Like it's mm. it's... When, when we celebrate the fact that Dancing with the Stars got 501,000 on Sunday night, Five City Metro, like that's not acceptable by any standard. But that was yeah. second place to nearly yeah, a million that's from looking maps. At a, that's looking at a system, though, from 10 or 20 years ago. People are, are There are people that are leaving TV altogether. Fair call. But as you can even, even you can see from maths, I mean, even the huge audience they get um, overnight, they're getting a big bump as well in total TV figures. And that's so, where total I mean, TV... Sorry, Aaron, please. Apologies. Keep no, going. No, I'm just saying, you know, we, we, we see someone watching 300, 400, 500,000 people watching, but it, it, sometimes it's getting a 40% bump. And that's where the total TV figures come into their own. That's why that's important. The challenge in the total TV figures, though, is that it includes RegTam, and we're back to square one again. All of a sudden, we're including, you know, five versus seven versus 17 markets in regional TAM that don't actually give us an equal market playing field to discuss. Yeah. Well, if you visited the TV Black Box website this past week, you'll have noticed it looks a little different. Yeah. Co-owner Kevin Perry's given it a bit of a fresh coat of paint. So make sure you head to tvblackbox.com.au for all the latest breaking TV stories. i got to say, uh, Sarah, have you noticed that it's looking a little bit uh, different over at TV Blackbox? Um, I kind of noticed it, but I didn't know what was going <laughs> on. Oh, this comment's not uh. making the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> sort of noticed the whole song. Oh, it's sort of okay, but shit we'll now. On that one. No, no, because oh, I, I haven't God. been there in the last few. I've been busy on the ranch. Like flowers are <laughs> popping up, and it's been. You know, Funnily been enough, stuff. when we send you stories of what's in the podcast, we literally give you links to TV. So Black that's Box. the thing. I did watch. I did go to the links, and that's how I saw the Will Smith thing. But. <laughs> I paid no attention, Rob. I have not been to just tvblackbox.com.au in a minute. Robbo, it's looking pretty good, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) The website is looking absolutely fantastic. It is uh, is world class (laughs) and the best place to get any news that you want from the TV industry. It looks brilliant. And Kevin's done an amazing job. I completely agree, Robbo. It's come up an absolute treat. Kevin's put in heaps of hours. And I know that just from some of the comments that we've received from readers already, that the the website is far more usable and looks great. Oh, it's fantastic. I'm looking at it now and it looks like an actual newspaper site instead of just a blog. So do you want to say that again and take out, I'm looking at it now? (laughs) No, I'm keeping all that in. Still to come on the TV Black Box podcast, a shop departure, a possible sale, and we'll see what everyone's been watching when we open the TV Binge Box. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And now it's time for Hatches and Dispatches. Rob McLean has been named the National Sports Sales Director of the Seven Network. He'll be responsible for bringing in the dollars around cricket, the AFL, horse racing, and of course, the Commonwealth Games. Mr. McLean has been working in the sports sales department since joining the network in 2007. Sports presenter and reporter Cameron Williams is hanging up the mic. The TV veteran recently signed a three-year deal with the Nine Network, but has now resigned, saying poor health is behind his shock decision. It's not the first time he's resigned from Nine, having done so in 2016, only to rejoin some months later. There could soon be a new player in the regional TV market, with Southern Cross Osterio announcing they've been in talks with buyers. While there are no concrete details, SCA did announce their new television strategy and dropped the details that several parties were interested in possibly purchasing the stations. Reports from the Australian speculate one of the buyers could be Paramount ANZ, owner of Network 10. Comedian and writer Mel Buttle is set to host the Screen Producer Australia Awards. The annual ceremony will take place on the Gold Coast, where producers from all over the country will come together and celebrate the year that was. Ms. Buttle is no stranger to the screen, with credits including Please Like Me, The Drum, and The Great Australian Bake Off. They may have just bought the rights to James Bond, but Amazon Studios are wasting no time getting the brand out there, this time on the small screen. The streaming giant has announced 007 Road to a Million will start shooting later this year. The reality game show sees contestants travel to iconic Bond locations around the world to compete in challenges with the winner to walk away with $1 million. That will certainly buy a lot of shaken, not stirred martinis. Ah, Robbo, (laughs) get out. That's your fired, mate. Yeah. Unless that reality <laughs> show, unless that reality show has them shooting each other, I'm not interested. <laughs> You're Back to you, McKnight. Thank you. Oh my god. All right, now it's time to open the TV binge box and find out what everyone's been watching this week. Philip. Uh, yeah, look, I've been watching a few different things. Um, something I stumbled across, which I, which was actually really good, was a documentary on SBS. Um, called QAnon, the cult of the the cult of conspiracy, which is um, uh, produced and starring a former BBC Studios documentary executive called Ben Zand, and uh, you know pe- people are calling him the new just the new Louis Thoreau. Uh, he has a really interesting style of documentary making. It's very um, it's very loose. He gets huge access to a lot of people in this documentary. QAnon is, of course, um, the the conspiracy theories that started with perhaps a person called Q who has since disappeared from the internet, and it spawned all those crazy people in America. Donald Trump is seen as the messiah, all that sort of stuff. Uh, It's a really poignant, interesting documentary. Yes, he gets to speak to some of the big names in the movement, but he also talks to 
some pretty sad and confused people that have been sucked in by these conspiracies and looks at the effects on their life, the fact that, you know, dozens and dozens of murders have been committed um, in the name of QAnon. Anyhow, I, I loved it because I kept hearing that word QAnon and I never really understood what mm. it exactly meant. So it just explains it really simply and gives you a really nice, well, not a nice, but a really precise picture of what it's all about and how it started. Um, so, it, you know, it's not as heavy as sound. It's actually quite interesting. And you can catch that on SBS On Demand. Um, I know I've mentioned Killing Eve before, which is on Sunday nights on the ABC. But what I would mention is, uh, other than the big stars, which is, of course, Jodie Comer and Sandra Oh, the, the ensemble cast is just fantastic. The writing is really beautiful. It's just a really clever, funny show. Yes, it's gory and violent, but it's sort of Pulp Fiction-style violence, so I don't know, it's all a bit cartoonish. Uh, you know, if you're squeamish, don't watch it, but if you want to have a laugh and enjoy some great writing, I would definitely uh, look at that. Uh, and then on the recommendation of somebody on this panel, I can't remember who, I did check out Minx on Stan, which... Uh, is, of course, the new, it's just four episodes. It's set in the 70s. Um, it's based around a um, sleazy porn publisher who hooks up with a very um, uptight and earnest feminist, and they create a Playgirl-style magazine with full frontal nudity. And, yes, there is a tsunami of male of penises in that show. Um, but it's also just really, really quite funny, and it's great to see all the seventies costumes and things. It's a, it's a lot more than a show that flashes a bit of male nudity. So I think it's worth, uh, worth a watch too. <laughs> Aaron, don't know why I thought of you off that one. I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> Robbo, what are you doing tomorrow night? What a, what 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 a, what means? <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, we could do a whole. Zo- you had me at Robbo. <laughs> we could yeah. do a whole Zoom thing. Actually, that is Robbo's perfect date, where you actually sit and watch TV. Yeah. He would love that. in two different yeah. states. Oh, so yeah, you a, like yeah. to actually Netflix and chill? Yeah, I yeah actually Netflix and chill. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, what do I what have I watched? Obviously, I'm going to say SAS, but it's it's all over. So. Um, so two girls, three three people actually got through, um, and it was two girls and one guy. Um, so we mentioned this last week, but there was there's something in my heart about that. Just with like all this focus on on women's rights and women's independence and um, and having a voice, it was it was it was the grit, the determination, the courage um, that won it for those two women. Um, and it was just really great to it. see. And I just think it's a fantastic exa- example for young women in Australia that would you know be looking up to them. She, that those two girls took on all the guys, and they all fell away throughout the series. So that was awesome. Um, continued on with it would i lie to you because it was good last week and it was funny again this week so that was good there's a few jarring technical issues with the show still but overall it was still good um as in the editing still shit yeah the editing and it's just weird the at the end you know when even when she says good night it's actually pretty mellow and then it's good night and then there's real techno music like almost comes in and then there's this quick camera <laughs> angles everywhere and it's like whoa 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 settle down <laughs> like you know what's I, I, you know what good luck to them they're letting the work experience kid edit the show <laughs> you know um, it's good to get new people into the industry interestingly over in um <laughs> uh, america i'm watching two shows the good doctor and new amsterdam and for for 
whole half a season, they've had exactly the same storyline. And it's not just like one episode, it's run over half a season. I just, I know they pinch ideas from other shows, but they literally have been running the same theme on both shows, which is just rather annoying, actually. Because I actually, when I watch both, I think, hang on, I thought that happened last week and I realised it was the other show. But anyway, slightly annoying. Same uh, writer, he just changed all the names of the characters. Obvi- obviously, um, and, and all I'll say is, you know, that's what I've been watching, but what I will be watching is we've only got one week left of the normal ratings year, and then there's actually some competition happening. We've got The Voice, MasterChef, Lego Masters. It, it, that's for next week. It's all happening, so that'll be good. Um, all right, I've been watching Gogglebox, which has just been a great series. Um, I think I've talked about this on the podcast. Is it cake? Like... You have talked about it, Rob, because we made a number of jokes about is it TV? No, yeah, that's right. No, I love it. I love it. Um, although it was funny, I did notice that uh, Byron Bays is nowhere even in the top ten of trending on Netflix, but, uh, you know, whatever. Um, I, I, I got sent a preview screener of a show called The Baby, and I, I think it was HBO, but I, I, I'm a little hesitant because I haven't watched the whole thing yet. I literally only got to watch... Uh, the first couple of minutes, which is the setup before the um, before the title card, and oh my god, gripping from the get go, and you wonder what's going on, and there's so much to this that I, I really can't wait to actually have some time. And Mulk, you like this? I actually want to watch this in one go, not in five minute chunks. Is it a ten That's minute how show? Compelling Rob? it seemed to be. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and finally, uh, I, I've, I've previewed uh, Tomorrow Tonight, which will go to air tomorrow night on the ABC, Annabelle Crabb. Fabulous show. It's um, really, really good. And I think that, uh, there has been a couple of changes to the format. And I, I just, it was a really great, I think, half hour of TV. It was just fantastic. They Sarah, normally do a Tuesday night record, Rob. When did you preview that? Sorry? They normally do a Tuesday night for Wednesday night broadcast. When did you preview that? Uh, last week. So they've got the whole thing in the can. Yeah, it's not topical. That's a big change. And, Rob, Rob, that show, The Baby, uh, you did watch it with HBO, and it's on Foxtel and Binge for anyone that wants to check that out. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Sarah? Um, so we were in the car, and my mother-in-law said, such is life, which set me off on a Ned Kelly tangent. Um, and... <laughs> There was nothing on Prime, like you pay for Prime, but then to watch actual stuff, they wanted to charge you another $14. Um, so we ended up watching Wild Boys with Daniel McPherson. Yeah. Um, now, he may be the loveliest looking bush ranger, and maybe that's why Australian folklore is so big on bush rangers. But apparently, Matt did not approve, and he said it was the most boring show without a plot. So um, I think I you two th- might have been watching it with different glasses on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but um, it was all right. You could actually watch it with the in-laws. There was no swearing. There was no sex. It wasn't really violent. So it's, you know, if you've got to watch something with other people that, you know, it's PG, it's, hmm. that's a good one. Um, we did, I finished Life and Beth. It didn't get any better. Um, we watched, <laughs> <laughs> it didn't. It was just boring. I think it was about Amy Schumer's actual life and maybe that's why she is the way she is. But I just, like, it was good, like, while I'm cooking TV. I mean, while I'm cooking dinner, like, you can chop stuff and watch it and that was about it. Um, We watched the movie Into the Wild, which is about, it was based on a true story about a guy who wanders off into the Alaskan wilderness. Um, It was good. 
And then um, Pieces of Her, we watched that and everybody liked it. So um, you actually had to watch it and pay attention. And I like stuff where you have to actually pay attention. So that was a good one. Excellent. All right, Robbo, what have you been watching? Uh, well, today I watched The Adam Project on Netflix. Oh, and I great movie! I thought it was brilliant. Mm. I, I, yeah, I can't That's speak That's still trending on Netflix top ten. Yeah, of course, because it's good. It's very, very good. Uh, I've also been watching Minx, but I was watching for the articles, not for the... Mm, <laughs> the I hear that's the best part, Robbo. Yeah, You're watching the for articles. the drama. Yeah, that's right, that's right. I, look, I will say that the initial, you know, uh, fishing line... I I'm sorry, I'm just thinking about it now. I'm getting all word uh, tongue-tied, but it's a fantastic show. And, and if you can get past the sea of dicks, you'll, be, you'll love it. it. It is a brilliant show. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, and also, I started watching Human Resources, which is the spin-off of Big Mouth. I haven't made it through the first episode because it's not funny or interesting. Ouch. So I really, really didn't like it. Uh, I, was, I started watching it with my sister, and we both kind of looked at each other and said, this is not at all entertaining. Uh, we haven't gone back and probably won't. Uh, so that's what I've been watching. All right, Malky, bring us home. Sea of dicks. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> uh, I... Sorry. My fault. <laughs> I apologise. How, how can you not write that down? Um, th- there's been a few usuals for me. John Oliver, um, back from a, a one-week break, d- oh, delightful. Yeah. All over merit at first sight and every last moment of, of whatever that show's doing. Loving Australian Survivor, even though it uh, has... Yeah, I'm disappointed. I agree with Matthew again. It's just kind of been a little bit predictable now who's going to go when, who's going to go. So we'll see how it goes in the couple of episodes that are left. Um, The three things that I wanted to talk about really uh, with a little bit more detail, um, the circus is back on Stan and they are giving us some incredible views on American politics now, particularly in light of the war with Ukraine and and particularly now the US president is starting to say so a few more inflammatory things. Uh, but also um, uh, this coming week, I know they're going to cover um, the, the the congressional interview. I don't know what it's called, so I apologise. I'll probably use the wrong phrase. Uh, around the new Supreme Court Justice, Ketanji Brown. Um, and Oh, that's been shocking to watch some of the, the questions. The absolute bullshit that that woman has had to put up with. They covered it a little bit on uh, this week's episode of Last Week Tonight. And... Uh, Patience of a saint doesn't accurately sum up that woman. It is incredible that she has gone through all of that crap from dickheads like Ted Cruz. Um, I got to preview Marvel's new series, Moon Knight, which is about to launch on Disney+. And uh, it actually opened an opportunity for um, my son and I to talk about history, which I normally hate, but he loves, uh, because the whole Moon Knight thing is kind of set with an Egyptian history. Um, so it, it look, it's a really good Marvel film. Um, Oscar Isaacs does a series. Oscar Isaacs does a great job in the central character, um, which is kind of a dual role in, of course, Moon Knight and the, the mild mannered gift shop employee from a museum. Funnily enough, uh, that starts shortly. I think it's this week on Disney plus it's great. It's just a week to week serial for six weeks. Short story introduces a great character. It's going to be fun. That's it, amazing. Um, fight scenes in the way that they've brought it together to really, really great job. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is I watched every minute of the Oscars and have a profoundly different view to most of you that you shared at the top of the show. Um, should you want to know, hit me up on Twitter. Um, I thought that the, uh, from the show itself, I thought that, um, having the three female hosts, they did a great job. 
Um, I enjoyed some of the set pieces with them. So though they did kind of fall flat sometimes, um, starting the show with Beyonce and a big set piece musical number, brilliant. I thought that was an excellent way to open it, given that they've had sort of half-assed monologues that haven't worked the past couple of years with disconnected, disjointed, hosty stuff and not really much of anything. Um, it still ran, even with the Smith Rock thing, it still ran 45, nearly an hour over. And there's just no excuses for that. When they had cut out eight different categories and edited them down to a little, here's a thing and off you go. They always know it's going to run over. Every year it runs at least an hour over. Just last year it ran more like, fucking time. Last year it ran 10 <laughs> minutes late. So, like seriously, instead of trying to make minutes. a three-hour show, you know it's going to be four hours. Just allocate four hours. But that's the problem is that last year it didn't. And this year it did. So that's that's the mess. And they because they trimmed the categories, I would have thought that it shouldn't have run nearly 45 an hour late. Um, the, the other thing that I thought was interesting um, was the technical issues. It's in the water for everyone particularly. But there was a number of times that the feed from uh, US ABC, uh, the broadcaster was hosting it, cut out to the satellite. So, and particularly around the time of the Smith Rock incident where international people were left wondering, hang on, have they just cut the feed? Like, what's going on? They cut off in the middle of Questlove's acceptance speech, which was the very next, the award that Chris Rock was there to present. So he announced it. They got up on stage. Questlove started speaking, and it just went, vanished. So for about, you know, 90 seconds, the rest of the world on social media lost the plot, thought that a brawl had broken out. Um, and when I checked with Channel 7, it was just that, yeah, the feed out of the States fell apart, not just for us, for Canada, for England, for other broadcasters. They also had the same technical issues. So it seems that that intern is getting around and doing their jobs in editing and directing, <laughs> in comms. Um, it didn't need to run 45 minutes late. That was pretty hideous and horrendous. Uh, in the famous words of Tony Jones, I'll take that as a comment. That's all you ever say at the end of what I say, Rob. <laughs> All right, thank you, Malk. And that brings us to the end of TV Black Box. Halo, damn it! The new Halo series on Paramount is good, but I have issues. Okay. That brings us to the end of TV Black Box. Don't forget, for all the latest news, go to tvblackbox.com.au. A little programming note for me. I will be hosting. I will be filling in for Sophie Formica on 4BC in the afternoon slot for two weeks from next week, from Ooh. midday until 3 p.m., to say I'm excited is uh, would be underplaying it. Sophie's on holidays and I guess uh, the intern wasn't around, so they've let me do it. <laughs> that must mean that Daylight Robbie. Saving is ending this weekend, Rob. It is. It is Daylight Saving. Don't forget, for all those people outside of New South Wales, Tasmania and Victoria, uh, up here in Queensland, we will be able to watch things at the same time Yay. as the Southerners. It'll what be a shame fabulous. that's not happening in time for Warney's State Memorial. Mm, indeed. But in the meantime, thank you to Abby Mickelson, who produced this episode and wrote it along with David Robinson. As I said, go to tvblackbox.com.au. What? She writes one topic. <laughs> I write all of it. She again, writes one again, topic. Again, that's two weeks running. That is pretty funny. I'm leaving yeah. that in too. Yeah. See you next week. Bye. Don't to watch Bye, me. <laughs> 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.